today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about vaccinations, as we have been, especially since now that Health Canada has weighed in on this and given the thumbs up for the Pfizer vaccine. You can't talk about vaccination without mentioning anti-vaxxers or can we really in a situation like this it's a loud minority of people we get that uttering all kinds of unscientific nonsense to get to to attention for themselves a lot of the stuff is totally untrue but uh, there's an audience for it i suppose Uh, there's not enough vaccine to go around so why do we even pay attention not everybody is going to who wants to get vaccinated is probably going to get vaccinated at least for now anyway so should that be part of the conversation about anti-vaxxers and those who refuse to get the vaccination i want to bring guy dr ian miller into the conversation post doctor, a fellow with the Department of Psychology at the University of Toronto. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could join us today. Good morning. Good to talk to you. I've, I've heard, uh, as you might expect, doctor, all manner of uh, excuses why people don't want to get this. And uh, a lot of them are, are just people that seem, you know, they don't believe in inoculation. They don't believe the vaccinations work. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm sure you've heard some of the, the stories, too, that, that say this is all a government plot to actually call the population because people are going to die from this uh, and the vaccination's all part of this. How do, you, how do you overcome this? Do we ignore it or do we try to address it? Well, I think we need to address it. I don't think we can completely ignore it. However, I don't think we need to necessarily amplify those kinds of messages. But with uh, anybody who goes on social media, of course, is going to see this. But again, that's one of the the problems I have with social media is people can any uh, on just about any site uh, and any social media site can find somebody or something that's going to uh, validate what they're they're thinking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and that is uh it's a an, it interferes with our ability to have an effective conversation about topics that are actually really pertinent to the public health dimension of vaccinating the population so uh in the lead up uh to this piece there was a discussion of uh allergies and side effects and availability and these are all important things that we, we need to be spending our time actually talking about. Uh, and in that regard, misinformation is kind of like a distraction from the important topics. So uh, we definitely don't need to amplify uh, the misinformation because there are real costs to doing so. Uh, well, I think most of us are concerned about COVID-19. I like to think that the majority of people understand the, the severity of, of what's gone on here for the last 10 months, uh, which why the, I, I think they would welcome a, a vaccination program that, that is going to be rolled out here. Uh, but I'm still hearing some concern about this, about whether or not it's going to be effective. You obviously have heard the stories yesterday uh, from the UK about some people that have had an adverse reaction uh, mm-hmm. to the vaccine that they got yesterday. Should we be concerned about that? Well, so this is something that I think is part of the real conversation to be having about these vaccines. Uh, they are relatively new. Uh, we, of course, have been through clinical trials, and so there's, there's good evidence to support the uh, effectiveness of, of the variety of vaccines that are being developed right now. Uh, however, uh, these clinical trials have identified side effects. There are people who have already had the vaccines who have exhibited side effects. So I think it's to be expected that there's going to be uh, that first we're going to see more side effects and second that we're going to have to talk about those side effects so again uh you know should we be concerned about it well i'm not sure that i can really comment on that but should we talk about it i think we need to talk about it because it, it appears to be real it appears to be one of the 
real conversations that we should be having about these vaccines. And, and even that story about the people that had the adverse reaction is a relatively new story. And I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we don't have all the details as to what caused it, what allergies they may or may not have known that they had in situations like that. And, you know, I That's think it was right. six six people, I guess, they talked to a doctor and a lot more than six people got uh, inoculated. So, you know, we, we're not quite sure just what's going on there yet. Well, so this has all happened faster than anything before in history, as far as I'm aware. Uh, the, the development of these vaccines uh, is kind of state-of-the-art. So, uh, so there's a very real sense in which we are not, uh, we don't have all of the information even. And so that's, uh, that's challenging uh, in the, the sort of field of um, competing ideas where you have uh, an absence of information, good quality information, standing next to misinformation and disinformation and all of these are competing for people's attention when they're trying to make sense of an uncertain situation Uh, so the very fact that we don't have all of the information yet uh, about the effectiveness of these vaccines and you know what what maybe are the side effects uh, that creates kind of an opportunity for misinformation to fill in some of those gaps and uh, uh, anti-vaxxing and uh, conspiracy theories are the types of misinformation that can, that can fit into people's explanations about what's going on with these vaccines. Uh, and that opportunity is created because we actually don't have all of the real scientific information just yet. I, I think everything is so state-of-the-art that, uh, that it's kind of unprecedented that we don't have the complete picture. And that, that is an opportunity for conspiracy theories, really. Uh, oh, sure. anti-vaccine. Yeah, in, in, in the, in, you know, if there's a void of factual information, uh, speculation be, r- runs rampant. It mm-hmm. happens in, in politics. It happens in every other field. So why shouldn't it happen mm-hmm. in medicine, I guess? But can yeah. we be assured, though, doctor? I mean, I think we all know more about the process on how a vaccine is developed and the stages that have to go through than we probably ever wanted to. But I mean, and we know about stage one, stage two, and stage three. Uh, can we feel confident that, that, that everything has been done there uh, to ensure that uh, this is going to be safe and that, uh, you know, they've they've dealt with the, the test cases that they've had, uh, that they understand that there's going to be, there's risks with every vaccine, we understand that, mm-hmm. but they've gone that they've gone through all the steps. I know that, you know, for instance, with Pfizer announced and Moderna announced it at various times, uh, the, the first question I always got from epidemiologists was, was well, we haven't seen the data. We, I, we, when we see the data, maybe we can make a determination. All we've got is a press release right now. They've, they've done the homework on it by now, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my understanding is uh, we're talking tens of thousands of people who have been through the trials. And, uh, you know, to the extent that there is still uncertainty, we can at least point to these tens of thousands of trials that have already been completed. What I believe has been the the, the fastest part, maybe the unprecedented part, is uh, running so many tests in parallel. I think typically the process would be a lot longer because the tests would be sequenced one after the other. These different phases would not go on in parallel. And so we've accelerated the process, but there's still tons of data by this point. Like My understanding is at least tens of thousands of people who have received these various vaccines internationally. And so, you know, we, we can at least point to this evidence. Uh, you know, I think the the challenge of predicting the future is uh, something that we you know, haven't fully solved yet as far as uh, developing vaccines and assuring that they're safe. I do believe that there's uh, a certain sort of medical risk associated with all of this. And I think 
to whatever extent the conversation uh, can discuss actual risks uh, instead of invented risks that, that fall under the kind of conspiracy theory umbrella. To whatever extent we can focus on the actual risks, I think we have a better chance of actually affecting positive public health outcomes. One of the other tools, I guess, that the anti-vaxxers will use is cherry-picking information mm-hmm. and, and, and try to substantiate something that, you know, to make it bigger than it really is. Uh, about the composition, for instance, of a vaccine, and this is one of the stories I saw the other day uh, that has, by the way, been debunked, but, I mean, nonetheless, people are going to gravitate to it anyway, uh, that there are things like mercury and other things within vaccines, and they say, well, you're injecting mercury, that's going to kill you. Mercury, mm-hmm. you can't put mercury. Uh, so maybe you could address that about trace amounts of other things that are going to be in there and, and the reason why they're in there, uh, you know, vis-a-vis the, yeah. the, the chemical um, reaction? So one of the, uh, the interesting features of conspiracy theories is the ability to incorporate contradictory information. Uh, so, you know, anytime you, you go through, you find a detail, uh, like in this case, you know, the mercury, uh, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, it gets debunked by, by digging into the facts, by making a, a certain kind of logical argument. But Conspiracy theories are, in some senses, immune to uh, <laughs> this kind of debunking because they, uh, uh, a conspiracy theory that really persists through time, you know, the, the conspiracy theories that we're really familiar with by now, they have this interesting feature of being able to incorporate contradictory information, of, uh, of incorporating this overriding suspicion, this notion that there are nefarious forces that are trying, in the case of mercury here, to, uh, to poison the population with mercury. Uh, and these are just, these are characteristics that are shared with many other conspiracy theories, not merely those pertaining to vaccines and, uh, and anti-vaccines, that is. So it's a mindset that, that already exists within that person, and they're just using uh, the vaccines as, as the latest subject that they're applying that, that mindset toward. Yeah, so we see these kinds of characteristics across all sorts of these sort of urban legend-type stories. Do we as a population, though, I, I mean, we understand that, that there's anti-vaxxers, and we've heard some of the stories, you know, that you know, don't get vaccinations because, you know, that you know, causes autism and all sorts of other mm. crazy stuff, which, again, has been debunked time and time again. Uh, yet some pretty famous people still seem to, to embrace these sorts of things. But uh, as a population, do we understand the common sense response to just about all of these uh, is that, the, you know, it's the, the efficacy of, of the vaccines themselves. I mean, you know, I, I, I remember there used to be polio all over the world. I mean, I, you know, the, the March of Dimes and there'd be little kids, you know, that would have crutches and they'd have their legs in braces. Forrest Gump was an example of that. Anybody that saw the movie, I think everybody has. We don't have polio anymore. It's vaccines that have, have eradicated a number of different things. That, that seems to get set aside, though, when this debate happens. That's right. Well, I mean, so this again speaks to this notion of uh, contradictions are not a problem for conspiracy theories. I mean, you can point to the the very obvious truth of the success of vaccines, you know, in, in a whole host of other uh, uh, instances. But there's there's this kind of uh, immunity to evidence, uh, at least evidence that would contradict the conspiracy theory. Uh, so there's a, a form of motivated reasoning that you can uh, you can apply to to essentially dismiss any ideas that you need to in order for the conspiracy theory to to maintain itself so you know of course you can point to to facts about well there's polio that was eradicated due to vaccinations 
that doesn't necessarily matter in the context of a of a, a strong conspiracy theory that is able to propagate very successfully through these social networks. One of the very characteristics of the success of the conspiracy theory is an immunity to evidence. At that level, it doesn't matter what evidence you point to. Uh, the, the conspiracy theory persists despite debunking, despite facts, despite, you know, the, 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 the huge litany of evidence of, uh, you know, the success of vaccines. Well, yeah, that's that old line, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of your opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I guess that's the, the, pretty much their mantra. But And they'll they'll grab onto any little thing. I mean, I had my flu shot last week, and uh, I felt kind of crappy the next day. And, and, you know, my pharmacist said that'll probably happen for about 24 hours, and then you feel fine. And I told a friend of mine, he says, see, that's why I don't get the vaccination. It's really bad for you. And I said, no, 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 no. It's 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 what's going on in my body. It's developing a, a antibody so that I don't get the flu. I, they just don't seem to understand that. If there's one little thing that they can grasp, one little you know thread of evidence they just figure that's what i'm going to build my 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 theory on yeah so i mean there is a kernel of truth to this idea of side effects uh sure it's one of the the well-described uh uh sort of conditions of being vaccinated is that sometimes people do get side effects and so this again speaks to the dangers of misinformation because there really does need to be a conversation about side effects to the extent that some people need to know about that. Uh, uh, there's room for that. That's, that part is real. Uh, and that's a kernel of truth that can, in some ways, be weaponized to fit into some, uh, to be co-opted, really, into a completely separate narrative that doesn't pertain to public health. Maybe, maybe the, the very point of creating misinformation uh, it relates more to some, you know, some political strategy, for example. Uh, so potentially these these kernels of truth, um, they do have a resonance with reality, but they can be weaponized and they can be uh, transplanted into these kind of parallel realities, uh, which, like I say, they don't have to be consistent realities. So you can take a detail like, um, you know, with the existence of side effects and you can twist it into something completely crazy. Uh, well, sorry, I, I don't want to use that kind of language, but. Uh, but completely different, like the side effect has some relationship to autism. Now, that was a, a very popular conspiracy theory a couple of years ago, um, some association between uh, vaccines and autism. Yeah. And that was, that, that was ultimately kind of the, the ugliest form of taking a kernel of truth relating to some innocuous side effect and making it something different, making it a different story, folding it into a different conspiracy. And, and you, I know we're just about out of time here, but to your point, uh, you know, what's going on in the UK right now is, is that very thing. Some people had a bad reaction. What was it? And in the meantime, they, they put the caution flag up, haven't they, doctor? If you have allergies, hold off on this until we find out what's going on here. That, mm-hmm. That's the message, and it's, it's not th- that onerous, really. It's common sense. Right, right. Well, now, and, and that speaks to the uh, public health outcomes that we want to achieve. You know, that'll, mm-hmm. that'll increase safety. Doctor, so good to have you on the program and to to add some clarity to what's going on here. Thanks so much for the time today. It was a pleasure. Take care. Dr. Ian Miller from University of Toronto. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.